Welcome to Dynasty Theory, your source for everything Dynasty fantasy football. With your hosts, John Bauer. I'm looking to sell everybody price dependent. Dan LaMagna. Too much dysfunction in Cleveland. And Mitch Sorensen. Well, it's hard to compete with excellence. Ladies and gentlemen, sprucing up the intro if you're watching it live on YouTube, if you're watching it back on YouTube, we are back with another episode of Dynasty Theory. I'm your host, John Bauer. We're always joined by Dan, the man, LaMagna. What's up, Dan? Man, I think I can get any more fired up going into the show, JB, but you're getting just fancier with the graphics in our intros every week. We're 16 days away from the NFL season. Who's counting? Man, I, I spent the weekend studying O-lines and defenses and getting ready to defend my Fantasy Nation top rankings in the country, buddy. We're ready to roll. We'll be submitting ours. Well, I say ours. Yeah. Mostly I'll, throw, I'll throw Mitch's name on it. But if you're wondering, if you're watching live, if you're wondering, guys, why did you kick off 13 minutes late tonight? Well, Dan, you know, Mitch is critical to the state of Utah. We always say it. So we are joined by Mitch Sorensen. That's at DinoMC on Twitter. What's up, Mitch? You know, I may have just lost track of time a little bit talking to my coworker tonight before I left work. So, you know. It's it's a little bit being critical to the state of Utah. It's also me just not wanting to shut up for a little while. I get it. And then you were probably in a hurry to get back home. You were trying. You, you were shaving some time off your trip. Speaking of shaving, I thought about that one, guys. This week's episode of Dynasty Theory is proudly brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below the waist grooming. Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped 20% off and free worldwide shipping for all of our international Discord members, all of our listeners. And that's code theory20, again, at manscaped.com. That's a mouthful. And I'm honestly, I want to say thank you to everyone. So, like, people have reached out to John and I because if you're in the Discord, you know, reach out to us so we know that you're using the co code. And so many people have already. And just so you know, like, it's huge for us if you guys use the code. So please, please use the code. I'm not too proud to beg. No. Uh, I'm not too proud to beg. It does help us out as a team. <laughs> so anybody that that wants to, you know, take care of themselves, make sure you're looking good. Just because winter's around the corner doesn't mean you got to get in that winter body and just let things go. It doesn't mean that, you know? Um, I say this, I've been in my winter body for... 35 years now so and our listeners your, your significant other will be happy i i mean the the, the new lawnmower is, is sleeker than ever and the the weed whacker is just an innovative tool that i can't live without so just saying man and i'm loving these comments i won't say them out loud because dan <laughs> likes for me to keep it pg but we do have a few things fantasy football related and really I mean, again, if you're in the Discord, if you're in the Patreon, it's five bucks a month. And uh, for the second tier, it's 10 bucks a month. The rest of August is free. So if you have a redraft draft coming up, if, if you want to check out our projections, sign up. We'll refund you right away. If you like it, great. If you don't, bounce. No hard feelings. But at least you get to see where our projections lie for your draft coming up. Make a copy of them. Um JB, speaking of bouncing, not to interrupt, but did you bounce from your studio or like it's, you're kind of plain today or like what am I missing? Yeah, I wasn't going to tell you guys. I got relocated again. I'm back in the room that I was in uh, two and a half years ago. And partly because I got kicked out of the basement. I was relegated to the basement, but then I got kicked out because now Johnny's at that age 
that he likes he likes his own space. Like this dude's got his bedroom, his playroom downstairs, and now he's taken over my freaking basement. So I said, you know what? I'll move up here. I'm gonna have the wall all spruced up again next week. That's right, something to look forward to, you know. Maybe maybe you'll get your Steelers behind you next episode. Yeah, yeah maybe maybe, maybe you'll do that. All right. Yeah, we're not gonna do that. But like I said, we do have some football we want to talk about. And uh, you know, I brought up the Discord. We we throw out the the daily news every day. So I know, hey, you guys really aren't touching on the news, the the, the things that happen uh as the week progresses. We're doing that on a daily basis in written form. So we want to be able to talk about more overarching strategies and discussions here on the show. If you're not familiar with us tonight, as you can tell from the name of the episode, belief perseverance. What the heck is that guys? No idea. It's take lock. You know, we're talking about things changing and, uh, you know, our pre-draft evaluations and people being stubborn. So, uh, you know, I'm looking up different pictures to throw up for the the little uh, thumbnail image. And there's the guy, you know, he doesn't want to hear it. And I'm like, I can't find a picture for take lock. So I'm like, there's got to be a more formal name for it. So belief perseverance is the tendency to maintain one's beliefs even in the face of evidence that contradicts them. Is that not fantasy football in a nutshell? <laughs> is that not dynasty fantasy football? Like it, it is. And I think like whenever we talk about changing our minds and changing our evaluations, especially I see you, Aaron, especially whenever we're dealing with rookies I feel like people are very hesitant and let me know your thoughts, guys. Very hesitant to say, okay, now I'm higher on this guy because of things we've seen over the last four months or I'm lower on him because it's almost admitting that you were in a sense wrong. It might be wildly incorrect or just like you're tweaking it a little bit, but there's so many people. No, no, no. I had player A as my wide receiver too. He is not moving no matter what. And it is okay to give a little bit. So Mitch, I mean, is it too early to change our minds on some players? And you're probably going to jump in and say, yeah, yeah, I haven't changed my mind at all. Why would I change my mind if I'm always right? But no. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> so to bring it up, you were talking about rookies, right? Anyone who's listened to the show for a while will know that I was out on Desmond Ritter the second that draft happened. Now I've seen him play in two games. Dude looks good. Like, you can watch quarterback play in the preseason, and there are some horrible quarterbacks in the NFL. I mean, there just are. Desmond Ritter looks like he at least belongs. I'm not saying he'd be even a good starter weekly, fantasy-wise, but watching him play, you can watch that dude and be like, you know what? He belongs in the league. At some point, he's going to start. Whether he's good or not when he starts, I don't know. But as of right now, before I would tell people, like, just don't draft any of these quarterbacks unless you hope to trade them the second they get a hype piece. Desmond Ritter is a guy now that I'm like, you know what? I wish I would have used maybe some third-round picks on him if he was there at that point. Dan, you're the film guy. You're watching every preseason game because you're a degenerate and you were playing preseason <laughs> DFS and everybody in the discord kind of pokes fun. They're like, Oh, we know who Dan picked. He didn't pick. Uh, I can't even think of somebody uh, off the top of my head here, but 
Desmond Ritter, has he surprised you at all? I mean, he was slipping for the most part. I mean, late second, maybe mm-hmm. early third. Has he surprised you a little bit? I like Mitch's point because whether these prospects are, you know, you're talking about the the recruiting evaluating process from high school to college or college to pro. There's no crystal ball. We, we you know, as a coach here or an organization, they're taking as many data points as they can and, and making their best educated guess and drafting a pick. So the Falcons take a Desmond Ritter and, hey, the early returns to Mitch's point looks like he belongs. So a guy that we might have been very out on going into the draft for you know, whatever reasons we have, we can only get, we only have so much information we feel better about right now. You know, that there's something there. I don't think anyone here thinks Mariota is a long-term solution. So, you know, again, as Mitch is saying, he may not be fantasy relevant anytime soon, but he's looking like he belongs in the NFL. And when Mariota does leave, you know, he's maybe that prospect that after a year or two gets that opportunity and, he was a good dynasty stash, and you have something there. So evaluations are definitely changing. JB, I have been watching films and doing DFS in my in my dynasty theory notebook here. You know, I got I already got some you know week one notes and things I like. So evaluations are definitely changing. So Mitch is jumping the gun, and I didn't want to stop him because he he's like a runaway train. I want to let him have his moment with Desmond Ritter. So Dan, I'm going to ask you just in general. Is it too early to change your mind on a player from your pre-draft or, uh, you know, immediately following the NFL draft, your evaluation? Heck no. And, and I would hope people are flexible in changing their rankings and their evaluations because none of us are inside that NFL office and then those practice meetings and in those rooms. Again, we're collecting as many as much information as we can, not getting caught up in the Twitter hype, but watching some actual preseason games hearing from actual coaches what they like of these films. You know, I was kind of looking back to our mock drafts. You know, we did a pre-draft, we did a post-draft, and kind of seeing how our evaluations changed then. And then looking at my rankings, you know, we t- I talked about those Fantasy Nation rankings. I submitted them to that magazine back in May. I think the, the magazine was released in like June, July, or something like that. Here we are in August now, 16 days away from the NFL season. My, dr- my rankings have mm-hmm. changed substantially. You know, now I don't think any of us were throwing out rookie names or, or even veteran names and like we're way off, but 10, 5, 10, 15 spots in the rankings could be significant come draft time. Yeah, for me personally, I, I don't think it's too early. And it's not like, and we'll kind of just blend all these questions together. So I'll jump the gun here. But, you know, in what situations are we more likely to change our minds? I, the The way these players are used in the preseason, mm-hmm. the the players that they're also playing with, like we're talking about Traylon Burks. He was my wide receiver too, pre-draft, even post-draft. And then the blurbs come out. And again, the, the blurbs come out, and whether it's about Burks or anybody else, you kind of take them all with a grain of salt, right? And it's like, okay, I don't want to overreact. I don't want to overcorrect one way or the other. But now we're getting into the second preseason game for them and he's playing well into the fourth quarter. And Nick Westbrook has played like 10 snaps so far and Burks is up to 50 something already. Mm -hmm. And then we know Robert Woods. It sounds like he's going to, you know, be able to maybe not a hundred percent back to form, but it sounds like he's getting there. And then Kyle Phillips, the emergence of him as the, what was he? A fifth round pick. Uh, 
I, I he's somebody that's going to be getting thrown in there in 11 personnel. So I, I think you, ha- you really have to pay attention. And there's nothing wrong with changing your mind on a player mm-hmm. because this is information we did not have. So for me personally, you guys know that pre-draft, I'm looking at things very analytically. All right. Um, re- really quick, Jay, is it a, Jay says in the chat, is it a bad thing for rookies to be playing though? To get some love bullets, some live, I would guess, live bullets. Well, I'm gonna be honest. I was like, I don't know what the hell a love bullet is. <laughs> you definitely don't want the love bullets, I don't think. But what <laughs> one of John's play on words. But but I I would rather the rookies get the live bullets now than when it really counts. Because let me tell you, the game speed on actual Sundays when it counts, when there's 11 actual starters out there are a lot faster and furious. So if you don't get those live bullets out of the way now, it gets a lot harder week one. Yeah. But if you're out there and you are a first round pick like Traylon Burks was, and you go out there and you're not even getting targets in the fourth quarter, that says something, uh, Ben in the chat. And we're kind of going to, we're going to be going all over the place here. The show notes were very bare tonight. Dan says, JB, do we have enough for a show? And I said, listen, Dan, of course, could, why I, could, why I bothered Wes, Wes, holy cow. Uh, but I, you know, we, we could talk about paint drying here, but Ben says in the chat, Burks, Tyler Algier and white. Is that Rashad white? Biggest caller so far. I would hope uh, not. I think Algier has been fine to be honest with you. Uh, but again, I, Damien Williams getting the run. First, mm-hmm. when, you know, when it's been available, uh, Cordero Patterson probably not going to be as heavily utilized. Listen, but this goes back to it like like Tyler Algier, Damian Pierce. If you're able to cash out at any point on those guys, I'm still doing it. Oh, my God. I love this comment. Code Theory 20. Use Manscaped and unload your love bullets. <laughs> we we got to get some of our... Uh... Uh, our, our fan fantasy uh dynasty theory family here on our marketing team like there's some, there's been some good ones there nick i love yeah, that I man I, I couldn't spit that out there but no i think it's very important not to get caught up too much too in the in the, in the preseason like i'm concerned about Traylon burks like everyone else is yes but sometimes i mean the drop off in like fourth quarter once malik willis came out of that game like the, the quarterback play sometimes drops off with with some of these teams so you worry about things getting, like that you know with but willis either yeah, so so like Burks, I mean, uh, I guess in general, though, know who's throwing them the ball, know the O-line situation. There's some things we don't necessarily see in a box score or a stat line or someone's Twitter comment. Now, yeah, for- like I don't care if someone's going to score a touchdown, right? I don't care what the highlight touchdown you have. I really don't even care about the highlight touchdown throws. I don't care about any of that. I care about how the players are being used and who they're being used with. So like for Burks, it does worry me a little bit. Because it's not like he's been extremely injured in camp, kind of like a Christian Watson thing, right? I understand why Watson's not out there because he's been injured this whole time. So I'm not going to like hold that against him. But like I do care. Well, we talk about likely a lot in the Discord today. How he's being used, like I don't care that he's had so many targets already and his yards per route run is like 8.0 or something like that. I don't care about that. I do care how they're using him and that's telling me how they want to use him during the season. And that makes me want to buy into him now to where, you know, he was free two weeks ago. I should have went for him then. I didn't know, but I'm willing to do it now because I'm willing to change what I did. I threw some third rounders out for him today. I didn't get one except, which is 
completely okay. I'm not willing to pay the second for him yet, but I'm hoping I could get him for a third in just a few leagues so I could have a few shares here and there. And that's exactly it. Not to just go out, oh, let's box score watch. That That's not what, what we're talking about here. But again, it's just, you haven't heard one bad thing about Isaiah Likely. You haven't. And honestly, he was somebody that I liked back in, when did I talk about that? February, March. It was just such a, like his usage in college was tremendous. But then he goes out and runs the 4.8340 on his pro day. And again, I'm looking at things analytically and we're putting, we're plugging and chugging in our spreadsheets and we're looking at the thresholds and that's not going to hold up. But Dan's watching the film. That's saying something different. That listen, I, I'm I, I I'm not saying it's one or the other. Right, JB, and you watch that film, and likely he's like a Dalton Schultz out there. He knows how to get open. He he finds those crevices. He moves the chains. Baltimore told us what they were doing with the way they drafted. We've seen it before with the two tight end system in Baltimore. It's a very tight end friendly offense. He's producing in the preseason. The film does look good, John. So that is very important pieces to take. And I want to go back to Algier with Atlanta too. Something to think about with the Falcons is like they've got an offensive line full of liabilities. They've got a lot of question marks. So the later that game goes, if they don't have their starting five in there, which is a concern in itself, that's not a team with much offensive line depth, you know, and, and then, you know, depending on who they're going on the other side. So again, just don't hit the panic button. If you like a guy and he's got a role and you're seeing some decent things, don't panic. I'm not saying hit the panic button, but being able to adjust. Like we, mm-hmm. somebody posed this question and I thought it was a great question. And it's something that I would not have even considered to be close personally. I know there's truthers out there, but objectively speaking, with what we knew pre-draft with their profile, what we saw with draft capital, which they both got plenty, objectively speaking, what is there to confidently say, Traylon Burks over George Pickens. That's that's it right there. Yep. Dead silent. Yep. Because there and I I stared at the screen. I'm like, oh, there's got to be something, right? And there really isn't. Uh, you could talk about the quarterback play here in year one, but like I, I don't want to stay on Burks here all night. Uh, Ronnie in the chat, my panic sense is tingling. I, you know, I, I think Burks is one of the guys that people have been panicking on it. I don't want to talk about rookies the whole time, but that's the one where people are less willing, I think, to change their minds. And I think part of it is like Devi, right? Which, you know, Mitch and I have gotten into a few Devi leagues. It's growing on me. Mitch sends me hate messages. So we co-manage. Oh, I Devi leagues. But I think once you, so a, a freshman comes in and you're like, okay, this is my guy. I'm planting my flag. You really become attached to that player. And, and, and you have that, I don't want to say connection, but you're like protective of them. Like they're your little cub, you know? And I I, I just, what? Nothing. You're going. Keep going. That was cute, John. You got a little cub. That's it. I mean, listen, I'm watching really a lot cool. of Disney movies these days. Get off me. Um, but... But now when it's time, when new information presents itself, you're like, hey, it's just it's just training camp. It's just preseason. I'm not pushing the panic button. But with these drastic market shifts, there are opportunities to take advantage of that one way or the other. So if you were out on a player, 
and and you get the confirmation bias, okay, you feel good. But if you have a player rostered, either you start to go out and look to acquire more shares or you jump ship. Well, I don't want to sell at a loss. Well, that might be more of a loss in two weeks. And well, the the eternal optimism it, it will fade eventually. I have I have enough information to give Burks a plus for Pickens, based on is, you know so what we probably going to take a plus be, to be and, honest. I mean, yeah. So okay, so here's a player that I wanted to bring up that value hasn't changed at all, but it should have. I was very high on him earlier in the off season. John wasn't so much. The draft happened, and I got a little sour on him. Now I'm fully on board, and it's Devin Singletary. I knew. Okay. Uh, I am 100% like I was willing to g- give James Cook the benefit of the doubt. He's going to come in, take the passing down roll. You know, maybe Zach Moss gets a touchdown run here and there. I am so in on Devin Singletary now. How they have used him in the preseason, exactly how they used him last year. I really think they brought in James Cook to spell Devin Singletary. Now, Devin Singletary isn't CMC, right? He's not going to go out and get 300 touches this year. But for the price you're getting him at now, he is so cheap with in that offense to where if it was any other back, if Brees Hall went to Buffalo, how high would he be going, right? I think Devin Singletary can have a Brees Hall type role to where he's on the field more so than than Zach Moss is, more so than James Cook is. And I think he's going to be ready to go. And his value hasn't changed yet. It hasn't changed at all. So you have like maybe a week, maybe a week and a half before all the best ball and redrafters start talking him up. And it's going to raise his value in Dynasty Leagues. Yeah, and it's not just the snaps again. And that's why, like, I I go through the usage and we drop that for our patrons as this, you know, week in and week out. And I'm updating that spreadsheet spreadsheet on a weekly basis and talking about where these players are lining up their, their slot percentage, they're out wide, you know, uh, overall snap shares, but it's tricky to do that in the preseason because what we care about is when they're being used. Devin Singletary hasn't come off the field with the starters. It's been Devin Singletary. So I don't know if I'm as optimistic overall, because then you do have the concern from a dynasty perspective, well, what happens beyond 2022? But you could say that about 20 running backs. Yep, exactly. Point. And we we talked about with Josh Jacobs. Is he undervalued with, with his potential production here, especially with Kenyon Drake getting cut here any day now? But you have to weigh the short-term production versus the longer-term outlook. And for running backs, that might only be two or three years, but we still have to take it into consideration. I, I want to bring up another non-rookie, and this is somebody, in the last five days, I've made 12 trades involving this player. This, that's not an exaggeration. I posted every single one in our patron chat. I acquired two shares. I got rid of 10. It's Antonio Gibson. <laughs> We're bringing him up again? Listen, just li- but but this goes into, like, I had my my value of him, right? I had my we get our projections. I felt good with it. I didn't like Brian Robinson coming into the NFL draft. So when they took him in the third round, I honestly, I felt okay with that because of how I, I viewed Brian Robinson. But if Washington views the situation differently, I'm just John sitting <laughs> here in this plain 
box of a room in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, like Dan always says, we're not in that locker room. It, it is okay. I, I Once this new information presents itself, some of the trades I made, I know there's some that people looked at and they, what are you doing? I, I actually think that might have been mild compared to what they were saying. But that's one of the situations, the usage, what we're seeing. Again, it's okay to change your thought a little bit here. And that's information you have to have. It's helpful. I always, as much as I razz John and like, hey, what was that Gibson trade? You know, alerts are going off in, in 20 of our leagues that John's trading them everywhere and seeing what he could get. And he comes back with a lot of good information uh, that, that I think has stirred on other trades for different owners yeah. in our Discord, whether they're going for or, or getting rid of uh, Gibson. So uh, I definitely love that. And, you know, maybe similar to Gibson for me, you know, I, I went on this little kick where I was super high on Najee Harris. I was just really like, there was the Jonathan Taylor, there was McCaffrey. And I'm thinking, boy, Najee's the one other back that I think could stay healthy, get a ton of volume, run, like do everything. And then the, you know, the off season has been going on and I've been watching that passing game and I've been digging into the O-line, which I think is maybe one of the worst in the National Football League. And, and I'm just not feeling Najee. But again, it's, I could be stuck on this take that I was hot on for a couple weeks, or I could adjust and, you know, protect my dynasty investments here. Listen, I will say though, for Najee Harris supporters and his shorter term production here, if Kenny Pickett comes in and look at his average depth of target, look at the, the intended air yards, there's a good chance he is poised but it very well could be a dink and dunk offense. It could. And not only does the, I mean, it benefits. Think about the players in, in this, on this roster, Pat Fryermuth, who's going to work the intermediate middle of the field. All right. Najee Harris, who's just dump, dump, dump. And then Chase Claypole, who isn't the most talented receiver, isn't all there maybe mentally and maturity wise, but he's a big guy out of the slot. That's going to be going against linebackers this year. I, I th that could be a dump, dump, dump situation. So for this offense production, and then let's not forget about Deontay Johnson, who I think st uh, Mitch and I have not seen eye to eye on that, but Deontay Johnson, I think he's going to do a little bit better in 2022 than Mitch might, but it all comes down to how we see that quarterback situation playing out. So I have not acquired many shares of Najee Harris, but for me, Dan, and you and I disagree quite often, but for me, I haven't really knocked him down. And, and I still, and for context, still love Najee Harris. I'm just not putting him near that breath of McCaffrey and Taylor. Like I, I was, he, I was hoping he'd be like that little sleeper back where, Hey, I'm not getting those big two. I'm all in on Najee. I'm more now in on whoever I get, whether it be Najee, Dalvin cook, you know, anybody in the, in the, in that range, um, obviously Eckler, I'm, I'm, I should be putting yeah, in there, um, but I'm, I'm liking the pass game a little more. Kenny Pickett's a guy that I was not high in that is kind of rising I, for me as an obtainable I, I quarterback. I mean, they got it. You, you named a very talented wide receiver group and tight end there. Like if he just continues to evolve and looks good. I mean, to me, I think Mitch Trubisky's just, he's a place filler. Steelers told us what they're doing, drafting Pickett where, where they did, I think it's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of how soon is it going to be? So Pickett, who might be one of those quarterbacks that you can obtain, and I have in a league where I needed some quarterback help. He's a guy that from beginning to now for our conversation tonight has risen. Especially if you're looking at a team that has him rostered 
and they might be looking at pieces to help them contend this year, you might be able to pry pick it away from them at a reasonable price or something involving a uh, more veteran quarterback. Uh, and then, then James, you, you probably got the Steelers starting quarterback for the next 10 plus years. Yeah. That's, not, uh, that's un, pretty good. Uh, Unknown 0190 says seems to be very underrated in two quarterbacks, two quarterback leagues right now. Mm-hmm. He, he is. And it's because people they're worried about, I mean, they're worried about what that offense is going to look like with the offensive line. And we talk about this so often, but they're worried about, I mean, you shouldn't really be worried about Mitchell Trubisky in general, but a lot of the early in the off season, the reports about Kenny Pickett were not glowing. But again, again, people were knocking him down. But at that point in time, it's a rookie coming into training camp. And now we're starting to see the preseason. And he's moved up to number two on the depth chart. He's looked better every single week. Yes. And you've got to give a learning curve for these rookies. And yes, that O-line isn't looking great. But I'll go back to the faith that I would have in the Pittsburgh Steelers organization. You know, they might not figure it all out this year, but Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season. He's not going to this year. And you know what? If they're missing a piece, they'll get it for Trubisky next offseason. Or not for for Pickett. Trubisky flashback there. Man, Kev, one, the eternal optimist, but two, Mr. Contrarian. It sounds crazy, but my brother and I were legit talking about who is the better quarterback, Lance or Pickett. Do we really know? Values are so far off. I mean, for fantasy, which is what we're here for. Trey Lance. But if we're like, just from a talent quarterback perspective, Dan's probably still going Lance. Yeah. You need that running ability in fantasy. I mean, there's so much upside there. It's ridiculous. So if we're talking fantasy football, it's Lance by a landslide. If we're talking national football league, Hey, win games on Sunday, I think it's going to be up there. I mean, he's, I think he's going to do well with the Steelers organization. We're going to go off script here because there was a comment that Kev dropped in the chat earlier and, and I really liked it. And it had to do with, here it is. It's one thing to react to negative news. Christian Watson dropping due to injury in Dobbs positive camp news is the definition of overreaction to off season news cycles. And here's my thing, not just with, it's really tough with rookies coming in. Right. And you want them to get that work in training camp. Like I mean, Guilty Charlie Kohler. I I love the profile, and even with Isaiah Likely there coming into the uh, you know, immediately falling following the NFL draft, I still really liked him, even landing in Baltimore because I thought they were going to run some some two tight end sets at a fairly high rate. And outside of Bateman, Duvernay, and Andrews, who else do they got really besides the running backs in the passing game? And Missing how much time now and then having surgery. Was it the, was it the sports hernia? I can't remember. Anyway, he, I, I, I he's going to be out for, for several weeks now. That's something that I, you don't like to see, but then it, well, JB, isn't the same for Jamison Williams. And we talked about that. Well, we knew he was going to be out. Yes. Yeah. But I, uh, I love Kev's take on the Green Bay situation because I was actually thinking about that one today. And and we've had a lot of conversation about, you know, Mr. Romeo there, and he looks good. But I feel like Green Bay is just going to drop Watson on someone in one of those, you know, early season games, and he's just going to yeah. make a big splash. And everybody's like, oh, yeah, he was this, you know. 
they're, we're forgetting about him. Now's a sneaky time. I, I would I would hop on him while the stock's a little lower. Yeah, and I was out on him pre-draft, post-draft. We'll talk about profile. That's the buzzword. I say that constantly. I've acquired him twice in the last week. So everybody, price dependent. Uh, more more picket comments there in the chat. What's up, Mitch? Can I bring up someone who you both are going to disagree with me on? Is someone that I I'm further down on now, but it's it's Tom Brady, and it's not because he missed the past two weeks. It's because that offensive line has lost oh. so much from last year, so many injuries this year. Tom Brady, let's say he even plays next year, so his dynasty value somewhat holds a little bit. What instead of being a top five quarterback this year, he's quarterback 13. He's not helping you weekly. More, he's just kind of super flex chunk. leagues. Yeah, yeah, he's just he's just a guy that you have in your lineup. And then he is worth absolutely nothing in the offseason. There is nowhere he can go that's gonna raise his value no matter what Tampa Bay does, no matter if he gets traded or goes to another team, doesn't matter. So seeing all those injuries, and those are just some of the little things that like that I'll care about in the preseason. A whole bunch of injuries to an offensive line, that scares me. Like, that makes me, I'm still okay with Mike Evans. I'm still okay with Godwin. I kind of still like Leonard Fournette, but not really. I mean, I only like him because no one else seems to be really doing anything in that offense, and they're still using him in that Leonard Fournette role. But I'm really, really worried at Tom Brady now to where you asked me three weeks ago, He's my quarterback too. I'm feeling great about my team. Probably have a two top 10 quarterbacks going into the season. Should have a positional advantage every single week of that position. Now I'm like, if he's quarterback 15 on the year, I'm killing myself by having him on my dynasty rosters. He's going to get tested week one. And this isn't Homer bias here, but the Cowboys defensive line and Micah Parsons coming off the edge is looking fierce. And it was even Peter King went to all the different camps and talked about keeping an eye on that Tampa line like that interior has got some big question marks and you know Tom Brady's not the most mobile guy um if there's anything taken off of a non-mobile quarterback there's there could be reason for concern yeah that's one of those situations that sell at a discount today because it is going to continue to drop and I think that's again kind of playing with the belief perseverance and not wanting to be wrong, but also not wanting to take a loss on your investment. There's a chance that X amount of players within three weeks, they're going to continue to drop. And I don't, I don't want to keep talking about Antonio Gibson, but let's say week one, they go out. Robinson is on the positive side of a 60, 40 split in terms of carries and McKissick Robinson and Gibson are all involved in the passing game. So not even talking about touchdowns or anything like that from a usage standpoint, we are going to see that value continue to decline. So there are so many people, they are willing to go down with the ship and it's because they, not only do they not want to be wrong on their initial evaluation, but then they don't want to sell low and then the stock rises again. That sounds like me trying to get involved in the stock market. Oh, it dipped a penny. I got to get out. Sell, sell, sell. And then it's up 200% the next day. It's the mental aspect of fantasy football Mm -hmm. and kind of the psychological perspective that gets lost in it. 
And it's, I think it really is why a lot of people are hesitant to make moves because they don't want to be wrong. They, what are my league mates going to say? You know, I, I do think that comes into play a little bit. Uh, so we, we've been kind of just hitting on all these questions, all these topics all rolled up into one. I love the conversation. If there's anybody in the, in the chat, if you have a name, if there's somebody you're thinking about and you're like, this is somebody that's risen for me. Who is it? This is somebody that's dropped for me. Who is it? And if there's somebody that you're not hitting the panic button on, like we talk about Traylon Burks. If you're like JB, shut up. Traylon Burks is going to be just fine. At his cost, he's going to be just fine. Uh, you know, I'm the Kenneth Walker market. I, I, I don't know what it's doing because, Dead. <laughs> I, you know, I, I don't have any shares. I don't want to get shares, but the the injury and do you know someone who like lost his market that's like gone that you can't do anything with? I talked to you about him today, John. Carson Wentz. You cannot oh, do anything with him. As like a starting quarterback who people could see starting every week this year, you can't get anything for him. There is not another starting quarterback in the league that you could trade for him st- straight up besides maybe Geno Smith. But that's that's it. And that's how far he's fallen. If you package Carson Wentz, he's one of those players that if I send you a trade offer, Mitch, and it's Carson Wentz and a 23 first, I honestly don't know if Carson Wentz is really adding anything to oh, it value-wise. No, I might even get more pissed because you're trying to send me Carson Wentz on my team. And that's your your valuation spot on, Mitch. I have Wentz. I have him, and I might even bump him down one, but he was my 31st-ranked quarterback. <laughs> I have I have Mariota behind him, and I think I've been talking in recent weeks. Just See? Atlanta and Mariota's, Mariota's yeah. kind of a little sneaky because that running ability. Agreed. Um, so he's he's the bottom of the barrel. Yeah, there's a comment from AJ in the chat. Started hearing about Jordan Mason from San Francisco rising for a roster spot. Any insight on him? It's one of those situations that there has been – you know, some smoke, and when there's there's smoke, there's fire. Uh, when there's fire, there's smoke. No, I was right. Was I right? Yeah, I was right. Uh, but that backfield, I mean, it, it's just, it's, it's, it, it, I mean, he's free. So if, if you're interested in him, I, I think it's fine. The nice thing about Jordan Mason or any player like that, you can know if you can cut them in a week. Exactly. Yep. Without a doubt. So if you have the roster spot, if you have somebody that has hit the pup list, if you have a Gus Edwards on the bottom of your bench, now you can move him to IR, hopefully in your league, and you can pick up a player like a Jordan Mason, but you can pivot off of him really quickly. Uh, Wes Pickens has risen for me. We've talked about that on previous episodes. 99% of people would agree. Brian Robinson rising. I'm still saying it. Brian Robinson, Damian Pierce, Tyler Algier. I don't money want makers. any. Yeah, money makers. I don't want any of them on my roster when we approach the middle of the season. And I think I have seven shares of Brian Robinson. So come get him, ladies and gentlemen. Come get him. Uh, David Bell seems to be performing well in preseason, but the Deshaun Watson news rising in dynasty, but probably not this year. Yeah. And that's going to, it is going to be interesting to see how that develops and things go with seemingly Jacoby Brissett mm-hmm. at the helm, but maybe a player like David Bell 
he benefits if Brissett's, again, those quick passes and just getting it out, try not to make the critical mistakes. David Bell, though, he, he missed uh, he missed significant time throughout this offseason as well. And again, for a rookie, I don't want to see that. So I do think he's going to be behind the eight ball, even though I have, I can't tell you how many shares. Nate, Gus Bus on Pup. Yep. Report saying the Ravens don't want to jump into full usage for Dobbins. Will we see a jump in value for Beatty soon? I think it's going to be Mike Davis. I think so too. I think it's going to be the veteran taking more of the workload early in the season than we would like until Dobbins starts to rev up and then Gus Edwards comes off the pop. But I like Tyler Beatty, just not the ideal situation for somebody of his skill set, we'll say. I want to go back to the Browns wide receiver situation as just an interesting deep dynasty bench stash, you know, so it's going to be a struggle for a while with Brissett, you know, he'll have maybe a couple okay moments, but then Watson's going to come. It's probably going to take him a couple weeks, but we're going to get into the playoffs and just maybe some receivers worth stashing for that playoffs. If Watson could just finish the season strong with them and then someone's probably going to rise next year, but you got, the David Bell, who we've talked about, and he's you know he's a nice prospect. You have Donovan Peoples-Jones, who there were some reports that Watson kind of liked him, and I see him as a deep threat, and he was kind of one of my sleepers last year. So I'm like, hey, is there still hope there? And then I like Michael Woods. He's another guy that's like very deep league stash, but I've just been reading and seeing some things. I think he did have a little some kind of nagging injury for, for a week there, which, again, you don't like to see. Something's got to give in that Browns wide receiver room there. So I, I just say keep an eye on it as we go through the season. You might have a deep stash there that could help you at some point. You know, if Anthony Schwartz could catch a football, I think he'd be a very good wide receiver. It's just like he's missing he's... like the one thing you have to do to score points. So it makes it a little rough. I think we have him stashed on taxi squads and co-manager leagues. Oh, I have him on a lot of teams. Yeah, from last super, year. super late last year. Uh, Ramondre rising. I agree, mm-hmm. but still weary of that backfield though. Not sure how McDaniel's departure could affect it. It does sound like, and this is, uh, you know, there were some reports and some thoughts and blurbs that they don't necessarily gravitate towards a designated third down back potentially. And One other thing with that offense. Sorry, I didn't mean to interpret there, John. I was just going to say, all the reports that you're seeing, that Patriots offense looks horrible in trading cap. Like, not like kind of bad. And normally the New England beat writers aren't that negative, but they're just flat out like, this isn't good. Like, this is horrible offense out there. So I'm really, nah, but my the, DFS plays, Dan. I mean, how Miami many... defense week one. Yeah. So week one's a kind of very interesting play. And and I'm not really worried about New England's offense. I'm more worried about their defense. I can't believe I'm saying that. Um, I think week one, Miami could be kind of sneaky there with, with, with Hill and Waddle versus, you know, that J.C. Jackson less defensive secondary and, and some stuff going on. But offense, I think they're going to figure out, you know, watching the last preseason game, both Harris and Stevenson, um, I think they're both going to be fine. And there's enough volume for both of them. I don't, I don't think Pierre Strong's evolved uh, enough quick enough to be anything relevant anytime soon. And, you know, Mac Jones showed confidence and swagger, and I, I think he'll figure it out. Best case scenario for both Stevenson and Harris, and we have them in our projections, Mitch and I, both as running back threes for the season, actually, on a per-game basis. Best case scenario, that team's able to move the ball. They have the red zone goal line opportunities, and that passing down work is split amongst both of them, and they don't have that pesky. I mean, last year was Brandon Bolden, the ageless Brandon Bolden coming in whenever James White was injured. 
uh, Nick says someone, and this is going back to the Green Bay conversation, someone is way undervaluing Green Bay right now, but who is it? Sammy Watkins. Randall Cobb. Uh, end of the round, Sammy Randall Watkins. Cobb. Randall he, Cobb, last end of the round. draft. I think Cobb's going to be the odd man out. I think he's. I don't think there's any legs left in 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 Cobb. I don't. don't, We didn't see it last year. He had all year to perform, but Sammy's been having some camp moments, and I I I feel sick in my mouth saying it because I know we've been down this road a million times. But it is Aaron Rodgers, and there is an opportunity, and even if it's for a little while, he could help you win some fantasy weeks. I honestly, but yeah, Sammy Watkins for Week One. AJ says that's a. Yes, a tale as old as uh, time here, but I, this is one of those situations that if you believe in Christian Watson, if you believe in Romeo Dobbs, and this is across the board for any team, any situation scenario that you can take this and 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 do this with, if you believe in those guys and they stumble out of the gates, it's a really seemingly uh, I don't want to say crowded, but Fairly level, fairly flat. There's no superstar that that ball is going to gravitate towards. So if they stumble out of the gates and you don't believe in Lazard, you don't believe in Cobb, you don't believe in Watkins, that is going to be the time to acquire. If you're out on them, now is the time to get out, I believe, because there are going to be some growing pains there. I don't necessarily believe that they're going to come out. And I know that, you know, we're talking about dynasty. We're talking about the longer term values, but we all know the shorter term outcomes they really have a play a pivotal role. And we always talk about that. So if you're able to get out ahead of that, great. But in, in the situations where we're not really sure how it's going to play out, I mean, we can all guess, but that's what it would be a guess. And and you look at it week one, two, three, and how things are progressing throughout the season that this might be one of those receiving rooms where it's Lazard one week, it's Watkins the next it's Watson the next. And we just don't really know. And maybe the move is to pivot off of them and look cross positionally or package up, uh, split up the asset. That's always my go-to and see what you can do there. But the the Green Bay situation, it's going to be really interesting to see how it plays out. But you all know I'm shipping off Romeo Dobbs for any 23 second. And it's safe to get off Amari Rogers too. Yeah, it's <laughs> if we learned anything, <laughs> it's been safe to get off of Mario Rogers. Any other names you guys want to bring up? Any uh, we always talk about the overarching strategies and just overall thoughts. No, all right, that's good enough for me. Final thoughts, Dan. 170th time, believe perseverance, manscaped theory 20 percent off. Uh, we'll give away a free month of the Patreon too. So if you use our code, uh send us a screenshot and we'll give you September for free and you can check out all the good stuff. And then the rest of August is also free. So projections, tears, all that good stuff. JB is generous. That is a great offer. Uh, final thoughts here. Episode 170. I think, I, I think we could talk about players all night. I have so many players and thoughts still on my mind. We're about to go to the waiver wire here and okay. I'll give you a Cowboys Homer moment, but try to get people to proceed with caution. Cavante Turpin was kind of like the, the, the craze and he looked electric and I am excited about the Cowboys special teams, but for fantasy guys, don't spend your money there. I think he had like four reps at wide receiver His I think at best scenario, maybe is wide receiver four or five, maybe, um, you know, it's probably more like five or six. So 
again, I, I don't know where he's going to get you fancy points unless somehow, you know, you get that touchdown for an occasional punt return or kick return. So just kind of proceed cautiously there. Special teams definitely needs help as Brett Mowers, the kicker. And I don't know if he can make an extra point. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. And then I'll throw one other nugget. Malik Willis. We talked a little bit last week. I think he's going to replace Tanny Hill. Maybe not this year, but in the near future, I really like the kids potential. And I think they like them in Tennessee. All right, Mitch. Uh, I mean, do you want to talk about kickers too? Uh, I was going to, just disagree there but we'll just skip over that for another show all i'm gonna say is i was stating on previous episode how updating your trade bait and showing what you want helps i'm gonna tell you what i think does not work at all in dynasty leagues is going into the group chat and saying hey michael thomas is on the block and then just leaving like you actually need to send out offers in order to get people to reply to you. In so many leagues, you'll see someone go like, so-and-so is on the block. Then three days later, they'll be like pissed they didn't get any offers. Well, yeah, because you didn't send any out. That's kind of how this works. Sorry, that's kind of my only thing. Or they jump in the chat and then you send them an offer. You don't hear about it. Anyway, people want to people want to go. They want to watch Hard Knocks. Gem Drafter, Newts, we'll talk about that in the chat. Uh, for Mitch Sorensen, Dan LaMagna, I'm John Bauer. We talked about everything. Check out the Patreon. Links are all below, and they're also on the podcast feed. We will catch everybody next week. Oh, man, this was a fun show, guys. Fun show. Fun show.